All right. Well, welcome. Welcome, everyone, to a <laughs> fantastic... I don't know why I'm so cheerful for this particular episode. It's wonderful. Aww. I decided to go... I, I dropped in late. I decided to go positive. Why not? Give it a shot, right? Hey. I dropped in I dropped in a few minutes late. I come in. It's like a It's like a party's going on. I, I honestly... My mood just oh, went up. Hey, oh, like hey, so many... It was... Oh, hey, oh, hey. Welcome. Welcome. De- delightfully annoying. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Guys, I have fantastic news. Maybe this is why I'm so positive. We have reached episode... Okay. 40 of you should check we it out yes this is the get out, get out of town 40th episode absolutely this is 40. we did it we did it this is 40 we're officially over the hill oh my goodness it's all downhill from here yeah <laughs> it's all downhill from here. Well, I'll, I'll, ne- I'll never get over the hill in the car i drive <laughs> <laughs> anyway anywho uh, He's gonna be here all week, guys. All week. <laughs> this is you should check it out. This is another fantastic quarantine sequestered episode. It's Thursday. Happy mm-hmm. Thursday. Hey, happy, happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Yeah, great to be back with you. We got a lot of stuff to get to. So, uh, without further ado, I guess I should introduce myself. My name's Jay, and I'm Nick, and I'm Greg. And Greggy, you are up hey. first. Well, you know, thank you first of all, and My thank you for joining us here on You Should Check It Out. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm so proud that we've done 40 episodes. It's amazing. Holy smokes. Time you for know? greatest and, hits, I think. Oh, dude, long, long overdue. <laughs> long overdue. But, uh, yeah, I thought today, well, you know, it's we've been fishing for topics to talk about because obviously with the crisis still happening, it's, um, it's been, a, it's little been a little bit tricky. It's been a little, been a little dry. Yep. But it's not, but that doesn't mean that my musical mind isn't still churning That's right. constantly. Always ticking. Always ticking. Always, always baby. <laughs> so, um, but one of my obsessions over the last several years, and it goes back to uh, when we were hanging out in college, guys, uh, was around the yeah. time I discovered an incredible guitar player by the name of Alan Holdsworth. Ooh. And... Actually, I'm excited about this. Yeah, you want to talk about I'm some Holdsworth man? I mean, okay, get your get your glasses, everybody, because this is pretty nerdy. But um, <laughs> nerd anyway, alert! No, yeah, that, nerd alert! But that's a sign of nerding <laughs> is glasses. Um, apparently, I'm not like sure. Propeller head or something. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. But uh, Jay, I want to just because I don't think everyone's heard him. He's, okay. He was sort of underappreciated. If you have that clip that I sent you, let's yeah. let's give it a spin. You got it. Check this out. Ah. Yes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Holdsworth, baby. It's like Robert Fripp and Jeff Beck had a weird baby. Or something. That's true. Yeah. That's a really that's a that's a really good comparison, man. That was the first impression. Right. Well, the tone is definitely Robert Fripp, and then it's got like you know like yeah. some extra acrobatics to it. The blues. The blues. Yeah. Yeah. That that's uh, from a song called Metal Fatigue. Mm. And that recording actually came out posthumously because sadly he passed away um, in 2017, I think. 2017, at yeah. The end. yeah. Yeah, 2017. Feels like April. Uh, at the age of 70. Ah. And, um, mm. you know, so he was around for a good while. Um, and he was actually, it's surprising that, it's actually not surprising that you would mention Fripp and Jeff Beck because. He was also an Englishman. 
mm-hmm. around the same time. In matter of fact, I got my notes a little bit because I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything big on Holdsworth. You know, I have such a you're a huge such fan. A, I'm a I'm a big fan. I have a huge amount of respect for him, and I think he was severely underappreciated. Hmm. I, maybe I should just start at the beginning, but you'll yeah. see. Eventually, there's a King Crimson connection. Nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. So actually, there's many. You'll have to go to the Wikipedia page, but I'm going to keep it a little bit concise, you know, because I don't want to go on and on and on. But if you've never heard of Alan Holdsworth, I mean, he is a guitarist, guitarist for sure. And according to, um, you know, Guitar World magazine, they call him as influential as Chuck Chuck Berry, Jimi Hendrix and Eddie Van Halen. Um, There you go. You know. He the list. No, notably Van Halen, who described Holdsworth as the only guitarist I can't figure out. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the reason why Holdsworth had a solo career. Oh, really? You know, um, yeah, oh, really? because when when Holdsworth came to L.A. after getting started in the British scene, Van Halen convinced the Warner Brothers like you have to give him some kind of deal. He's just too good. Oh, nice, you know? nice. Yeah, so he was so using some of his own clout to get him a yes get him a deal that's exactly. awesome yeah because he just yeah, they were very very close hmm. you know apparently so holdsworth influenced so many different musicians frank zappa you know our group uh <laughs> you know hero is has uh sure you know he said he's one of the most interesting guys on the on guitar on the planet you know he they never mm-hmm. played together but uh, even you can hear like how Tom Morello might have been influenced oh, sure, by yeah. this stuff. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. And uh, anyway, um, so yeah, he got started in the British scene and um, actually caught the ear of uh, Bill Bruford. Oh, there you go. And, um, okay. Yes. Yeah. So. Yes, and Crimson. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so that is what sort of got him started because he formed some kind of uh, super group called UK. Okay. Um, oh wow, my dad loves these guys. Yeah, so the, yeah, so that's <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, that's, yep. Oh, perfect. Yeah, so there you go. Um, yep. Yep. So it's definitely more on the weird fusion. It's almost like ECM. Is that like one of those style. groups that like Phil Collins was like, "Hey guys, could I play with you?" No, go away, Phil. <laughs> yeah, go away, Phil. Yeah, go no, away, no, no, Phil. no. I'm, I'm really good. No, I, so, 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 oh, so yeah. Come on, come not, on. Not, not, not again. <laughs> not, not, not tonight, Phil. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Yeah, that that band and also another one called Soft Machine. Is that who, blew my uh, mind. I saw that in the Wikipedia article. I couldn't believe that yeah. he played with Soft Machine. That's really right. cool. Yeah, so he he definitely like got around, and then you know when he launched his uh, solo career, things kind of he he I think he became a little bit more emboldened to do his to to create his artistic vision, you know and. His music is pretty polarizing. Mm. Um, you know, some people have issues with the production, but it's something that I've really grown into over the years. And when I I do hear sort of how some of it can feel dated, but if you're listening to the harmony, because I mean, this guy's like musical mind was very, very advanced yeah. as far as... Okay, like, no doubt. I, I, no doubt. Not, that's not, not, not to say better or worse than anybody else, you know? Um, someone who knows three chords could be just as influential as Alan Holdsworth, but yeah, yeah. Alan Holdsworth was at a point where he was like stacking chords and creating new, new harmonies that like haven't been done before. Um, people have compared him to John Coltrane now. 
really? yeah you know just as a composer and then not only that but his skills his technical skills were basically unreachable no doubt. i mean no doubt you cannot watch him and be like well, I know someone who can do that. Like, you just can't. It's impossible. It's, mm-hmm. like, even the best, the, even some of the most other technical events, like Eddie Van Halen, for instance, we're still just like, I have no idea what he's doing. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and, and there... I mean, have you been able to, Greg, because somebody that, somebody that really gets in and dissects, like, this type of, this type of music like have you watched videos to actually see what oh yeah like what is it that he's doing like is his are his hands just massive and he can just that's a big part of it tuning okay um a big it's also he has a very specific way of voicing chords but they're so hard to reach because so like that's where the hands come in and sort of the the guitars that he chose to use typically had shorter scale no headstock (laughs) later because he just wanted it to be lighter yeah yeah. Um, and he's oh, like, okay. I, he's I, like I, just don't, I just don't need this. And uh, he also pioneered an, an instrument called the synth axe. Right. Right. Um, okay. Which is a very strange looking thing, but you can find uh, photos of it online. It's sort of like, it's a very strange thing to describe, but basically it's like more of like a, a big blobbish shape that you put in your lap and then like this the neck kind of like sticks out i don't know you have to just look it up synth axe it was completely s-y-n-t-h-a-x-e i'm sorry yeah it was completely midi controlled and you could like he had a breath controller to it too where he could like yeah control the velocity and everything it was just ridiculously complicated thank you jay thank you for helping me out with that it's very yeah it's almost like an electric bagpipe or something Yeah. I like oh, that. Oh wow, I like this that. is weird. Looking. Yeah, yeah just okay, look there this we thing go. Up. It, there you go. That's a great example. Yeah, electric bagpipe is right. Well, there's this cool, cool. There's this cool quote that I saw of uh, Guthrie Govan uh, writing for, mm-hmm. I believe, uh, Guitar Player magazine. I'm really glad you bring this up. I saw it too. And he talked about uh, guitar players who aspire to play like Holdsworth. Uh, quote: I think it's potentially dangerous when a rock type player hears a bit of Alan Holdsworth or Frank Gambale, and then dives straight into that style of playing not only is the technical aspect daunting there's also all that musical knowledge and understanding going on behind the scenes and it's really hard to (laughs) absorb both those aspects at once without your playing just starting to sound worse which i (laughs) i totally relate to you know like he's just one of those guys you listen to him and it's like that's not even in my lifetime like that's that is a different world that's a different (laughs) Like eternal future. You're just going to. It's, you're just going to embarrass yeah, yourself. Guys. Stop it. <laughs> I just like literally. I feel like sometimes when I listen to his stuff, I'm like, this is what the future sounds like. To, <laughs> right. You know, it's like not not on the production level. I just don't think that production is was at a level for that was prepared to handle what yeah. he was trying to do. Yeah, I think the, he the, got. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I think he got stuck in kind of that '80s realm that I think Zappa got stuck in too. Like, if Zappa was able to compose using the synthesizers and the, the tools and the production tools that are available today, my God, think about what Zappa could produce. Oh, yeah. be. But Especially out, the output. Right, goodness. but when yeah, he finally absolutely. got the financial footing and, like, the, you know, the leeway to do absolutely what he wanted to, he was stuck in the technology of the late 70s and the 80s. You know, and right. so everything sounds like it sounds very MIDI. You know, it sounds very rudimentary, and yeah. that turns a lot of people off. So I understand, I understand. where you're coming from, Greg. But some people mm-hmm. have, I think, kind of come back to the uh, '80s, um, yeah. the ta- timbre. Mm-hmm. You know, like the and, and they always, yeah, these they always the genres come back around, yeah. right? The, the trends, and uh, and especially with his but, passing. Sorry, no, I was just gonna say you are. There is something about when you're on the absolute cutting edge. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it definitely ends up dating you yeah. because yeah. It, it's not yet been incorporated into kind of like the professional sound or whatever. Right. And it, so it's it's kind of on that cusp. Right. And so, but but I mean, again, it's it being a pioneer in any any field. You know, you're kind of going to show some of the so the early signs. Absolutely, it's true. It's true. Um, but you know, unlike Zappa, Holdsworth. He never really got that financial footing, uh, right. you know, and I mean, he died penniless. Really? You know? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, yeah I had no idea. Um, wow. You know? That's so really sad. It's, it is sad because, again, like, once he died, everyone, you know, I just remember the tributes pouring in. Yeah. And, um, and the posthumous money comes in. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, you know, but what was crazy is, and one something that I, will always be special to me is that... Um, I'd seen him before, like maybe 10 years before he died, but I saw him like in Venice Beach the week before he died. Oh, I, don't, really? I don't know if no. I ever told you guys on that po- on the podcast, no but uh, yeah. And so that was really, really special because it was like this, the release of his box set and it was kind of like a, you know, homecoming kind of mm-hmm. show, but right. it was at a speakeasy. It wasn't like at a big, you know, it was like a small bar. And it was hot. Wow. It was really hot down there. And I managed, but I managed to find this like little crevice and I ended up getting like right near him oh, wow. and just watching, watching his fingers. But like, he was different, you know, he, he was like bloated, uh-huh. you know, like if you watch like older videos of him, he's all skinny and you know, his fingers are just like spider. Yeah. His hands, mm-hmm. his hand looks like a spider. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So it was, it was a strange experience, but it was really rad, you know, to, to, to be there for that and the drummer on that gig was uh virgil donati who is like a, oh, okay. somebody somebody who uh really influenced uh travis our buddy who we influenced mm-hmm. who we uh yeah, interview, interviewed um anyway so that was a, a crazy um experience but um you know he he'll be remembered for having this un- insurmountable technical standard and um i don't know i just wanted to pay a little tribute to him if you yeah, get that's cool yeah um I don't want to take up the whole episode. I thought maybe we could play one more clip. Sure. Um, sure. What you got in mind? This, okay, so this is from an album called Secrets. The song is called City Nights. It's the first track, and this is Vinny Caliuta on drums. I mean, he played... Ooh, okay. but one last thing is I'll say that is that it was also Tony Williams on drums who... Oh, yeah, um, right. He's who Alan started playing with when he got to the States. So he played with some of the best drummers ever. And, and wa- yeah, Wackerman played with Wackerman, him for a while. Yeah, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's really interesting music if you're, if you're into this kind of thing. Right but, um, you know, hopefully he'll be remembered for a long time.
Very cool. Well, thank you for that awesome mm. tribute, Craig. That was that was really oh, cool. Yeah. I gotta say, I yeah, mean, like, uh, you know, Alan Holdsworth. I'm a guitarist myself. He sounds all right up your alley, Jay. Uh, I mean, he's not he's not the kind of player that I gravitate towards, but I I, I think there's a lot a, there's a lot to what you're saying, Greg. In that you know you shouldn't get caught up in the production. A lot you know younger me when I hear 80s sounding guitar and 80s sounding vocals and 80s sounding drums, I get pulled into this you know kind of vortex where I I, I just immediately kind of I'm biased against that. I understand. That sound. Sure. Um, so I'll give him a second listen. So I appreciate you. Yeah, and there's a lot out there too. It's not some of it is more or less synthy, you know. Um, right now, there's uh, an album called None Too Soon where he plays standards. So it's a little bit less on the oh. yeah, and it's cool because you okay. might you might hear his ideas a little bit better since he's playing yeah, I'll songs. Yeah, definitely check you know. that out. Uh, yeah, I I got I'm surprised because that that last song was a Richard Thompson. Cover, <laughs> yeah. so I, I thought you really would. <laughs> yeah, they, right. they were bros, man. They were bros. Absolutely. Put, you know what? I, st- I bet I wouldn't I wouldn't even be that surprised because there's another one, right? He, he no, I know. Right. Yeah. What well, they kind of took the same kind of track, you know, like yeah. forging their own path, you know, just a solo guy. Like I'm gonna, I have my core audience, and I'm gonna take it with me, and I'm gonna take it as far as I can. Mm-hmm. Aging British oh, men. Which, by the way, I don't know if any speaking of quarantine and Richard Thompson, he has been uh, God bless his soul because he has been really trying. I think it's his wife is trying to get him to do like live Facebook uh, concerts. So he does like one like every Sunday, and I've tuned into two of them just to see him before the concert because it's just Richard Thompson in his living room sitting like on a couch. Like looking at the Facebook feed <laughs> for the for the first twenty minutes before anybody before he picks up a guitar or starts singing or anything, and he's just talking to his wife. He's like, "Huh? <laughs> no, no, the beans will be fine." <laughs> oh yeah, mm. and then he just stares at the camera for another like <laughs> three minutes. Richard, Richard, no, 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 the ponies are already inside. Don't worry. <laughs> and he tries to make. It is. It's great. It's great. He tries to make really dry British humor that he can't get any audience response to, so he just... Sure. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) So, guys, I hope that we are are ready for a new segment. A new segment? Oh, (laughs) a new segment. That's That's tonight. tonight. That's tonight. We're (laughs) debuting it tonight. A new segment by Jay Rossman. Oh! That's right. We needed to inject some. It can only be a new segment, though, if there's a th- if there's a theme. Oh, you guys want a theme song, do you? Is is that part of this deal? You have a theme. I'm for not going to come with a new segment without a new th- wow. without a new theme song. I'm going to come correct. Well, then shut your face. <laughs> oh yeah. And cue the theme. This one's called Tales from the Concert. <laughs> Yes, that's right. I can't believe you got John Bonham to do I know. that. Well, that's crazy. <laughs> actually, that that goes back a couple years ago. That was um, Dio, Ronnie James Dio, before oh, vocal. Uh, yeah, before yeah. he passed. Okay. I actually got him to record that that vocal that for me. Nice Just kind of on the off chance that I might get a chance to do this segment someday. Sure. So. You're very forward thinking. You see these things years. I try. Advance, so it's, I try. I'm not surprised that you got that in in the can. That's good. I try. I try. 
Yes, that's right, gentlemen. It's time for Tales from the Concert, a new recurring segment okay. by Jay Rossman. And uh, <laughs> in this segment, I'm going to be asking, because we've, we've, we've all seen a bunch of shows, a bunch of uh, mm. concerts, and I assume that we all have our, our war stories from them, right? I mean, Greg, the one that you shared just off the cuff, I think it was two weeks ago about going to see Rage Against the Machine when you were like 15. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, fi- that falls yeah. right in the middle of this. And of course there's some there's sure. some aspects of these shows and concerts that, you know, will remain off the record for our own <laughs> uh, you know, for, for Don't know what you mean. Le- yeah, le- sure. Legal yeah, reasons yeah. basically. Um Uh-huh. Okay. Um, no idea so what you're I talking about. I would uh try to tap the well of these memories by asking you just some memories of specific concert experiences and for this week I thought we would get things started by asking what is your most surprising concert experience? Most surprising. Most, most surprising. surprising. And, you know, I floated this out earlier in the week, and Nick was like, well, do you want this to be positive? Do you want this to be like, no, it doesn't have to necessarily be a uh, surprise in a good way. It could be some guy peed in your beer, you know, before the encore or what something su- like that. What a surprise. That would be a surprise, and that would be a great story. Surprise. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> So I'll keep this open-ended. You guys can take it wherever you want, but I'll, I'll get things started yeah. just to set the tone here. All right. So the year is 2002. Oh. Um, I'm in college, and I, I get a, a call uh, from my good friends, Derek and Adam, from back home in Waynesboro, and they said that, dude, The Who, as in, like, The Who, mm-hmm. is on tour, and they're coming to Hershey Park Stadium. Ooh. Do you want to go to the show? So this is 2002, um, and Tommy, I, this would me? probably this would probably be the spring of 2002. So I, you know, I the tickets were expensive. I mean, I bet I I I want to say they were for a college freshmen. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> or no sophomore. sophomore. <laughs> Money was tight back then. Nothing's hmm. changed. But going to see the Who back in 2002 was a big expense for me. But you know. Yeah, these guys were already old by that time, so when am I going to get another chance to go see The Who? And especially at a, a place like Hershey Park Stadium, which is a, a fairly small... I mean, calling it a stadium, it's really like a high school like soccer oh, field cool. really, with some bleachers. Is it that small? It's it's fairly small. It's fairly huh. small. Okay. Um, anyway, I, I said yes. And, you know, to be honest with you, I remember the build-up to this show just being... Not real excited about it. I was a huge fan of The Who. I loved The Who, you know, from listening to classic rock radio growing up. You know all their songs. But, you know, these are like, I don't know, they're getting up it's into their 60s. Get, yeah, exactly. Right. You know, and... How much are they going to really do? Or is this just going to be like, oh, great, we get to hear the songs at half tempo? Ex- exactly. You know, it's going right. to be a little weird. Of course, Keith Moon had already passed on. So they're playing with Zach Starkey, Richard... Excuse me, Ringo's son, um, <laughs> right. uh, who was fantastic, uh, but you know not Keith Moon. Right. And then the backhand blow came in the end of June 2002, when John Entwistle died. Oh. This is a month before I'm going to go see this show. The, oh, he died dude. like before, like the week before the first show they were supposed to play for that tour. Wow. So then it like it took this show that I'm kind of like meh about to like oh man I'm gonna go yeah. see like Roger Daltrey 
and Pete Townsend, some other dude playing bass, and it's just going to be like, meh. So that's that's honestly the mindset that I went into with. And, and to all you young kids, that's not the mindset to go to a show with. <laughs> Keep well, an open mind, try it. to stay positive. <laughs> dude, let me tell you, that show was one of the best concerts I've ever been to in my entire life. Nice. It was incredible. The band killed it. And no no small thanks to the guy who filled in on bass. Greg, can you name him? Pino Palladino. You got it, baby. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. He was awesome. Yeah, and dude. Zach Starkey on drums was incredible. And Roger hit all the notes, yeah. like, better than I've ever heard him. Like, and to see Pete Townsend in action, even though he was old as hell, was <laughs> just awesome, dude. I mean... How long, how long did it take you? Like, it... Because you went in, you had this mentality of like, Ugh, we're doing this, I guess. Here we are. Here we <laughs> how, are. how long? How long? How many songs long. in? It wasn't long. Because they opened with 515, which is one of my favorite Who songs of all time. Okay. Out of my brain on the 515. Yeah. And, you know, as soon as you know, like, the sound is going to be killing it that night. And they had, like, the laser show going. And the it was a beautiful night. I can feel it right now, man. I, mm. I got a cold beer in my hands i'm with two of my best friends in the world and we're watching like one of the greatest bands just slay it and it was just great man they played everything they played all the hits they you know won't get fooled again bob o'reilly i it was just it was i i get chills thinking about that show now so right on, that's brother. my biggest concert surprise man i did can not I, see that one coming can i tail onto that one because that's because I, yeah. I think you actually gave me a tie-in which is it's really interesting because I would actually argue that was the perfect attitude to go to that concert with. Because <laughs> I've been to so many concerts with you where, where the expectation is high. And, and damn near tend... nothing is going to hit that expectation. And anything I... that may happen in the evening may ruin that expectation. So. I, do, I do tend to lead with big expectations. <laughs> Dude, this guy's incredible. You have to see this. This is going to be the greatest event you've ever had in your entire life. <laughs> so... Yeah, I appreciate well, I did, it. I appreciate that. I didn't mean it as a dig as much as like, I, I wonder if had you gone into that expecting now how you feel about it, you know, right. yeah, that's so, True. so kids True. go into it with your stupid attitudes, yeah, but prepare to be proven wrong. How about there that? There you go. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Who's up? Who's up? Oh, oh. So do you want to go ahead? Greg? No, no, I'll, I'll, I'll finish up. You okay. Ahead. Well, a, a show that honestly, the first one that popped in my head and I've been going back through and trying to recount Looking specifically for surprises, but okay. um, the year was was 2019 <laughs> uh, for me. <laughs> oh and, wow! And uh, a friend of mine, uh, Jay, uh, mm. asked me if I would <laughs> go see Jason Isbell. Uh, in oh concert. wow! Oh excellent! Oh fantastic! And, um, <laughs> and also the band opening is Father John Misty, and it's like yeah, you know what? A night out with Jay. <laughs> and there will at least be music played. So I may have sold this one a little bit hard. Uh, my expectations were zero. Really? I okay. did. I did listen to some Jason Isbell. I was like, yeah, no. I mean, I appreciate wasn't your, wasn't what your he's cup going of tea. for. It's just not my cup of tea. Okay. Um, and I've also listened to Father John Misty, and I I was not prepared to nap that evening. But that's the only thing that I'd gotten out of John Misty before that. So okay. Um, and I and I really like Fleet Foxes. I'm not. I, I yeah. you know, perhaps I have stuff to learn. But um, no, well, we, so we get there and and the the coolest thing was that it was for me, it was it was the backing band of Father John Misty 
that blew me away. Like, <laughs> and and the whole time, you know, you're like getting, you're still kind of getting amped up for for Isabel, but at a certain point, you also turned and were like, these guys are phenomenal. They were, this is man. It insane was how good that these guys were because he was doing his like swagger. Yeah. Yeah, chill yeah. like easy listening i'm gonna be adult contemporary in 10 years yeah uh, <laughs> but the, the band in the background that. was just i i know it's fine greg because it's fine it's fine you may work with them one day and give them my best <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah <laughs> that's why i'm getting my adult contemporary jobs i understand i understand <laughs> i understand <laughs> so but he's swaying and a froing and whatever and and but the band behind him is just just absolutely tearing it up and doing their own things like they yes. were somehow yes. finding pockets in this in this environment that just let them just play and it was so cool because they almost seemed like a tight-knit group of friends they were great that, man that just must play together all the time because they would just be just hitting these like random things were that were never intended to be in, as part of the songs that were that were going on, but yeah. that was one that was a genuine surprise because I I also went into it with basically just expecting to have a nice you know hang out with you uh-huh. um, and hoping for some you know decent tunes and I I'm gonna open myself up and be available for emotional connection if possible. But <laughs> thank you. Those thank guys you. those guys those guys knocked my socks off. That was awesome. Well, let me tell you what I thought of the band going of that. Uh, Father John Misty going in, they were essentially the musical equivalent of a speed bump before right. Jason Isbell hit the, exactly. hit the stage. But yeah, they yeah. blew me away. And Nick, I mean, just to cap the story, what happened halfway through Jason Isbell's set? We left. Yes, we did. <laughs> I know, I know, but it wasn't my call. It was we, totally oh, my call. I was not I, digging it. They were not I on know. that night. And I, yeah. it, Jason Isbell is one of my favorite artists and like a personal mm-hmm. hero of mine. They just weren't hitting it that night. It wasn't good, hmm. so it's, we rolled. Hey, everybody! Everybody has an off night, and that's absolutely fine. But yep. we had that. We had that that opener that, that worked out pretty <laughs> that's well. That's great, man. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, man. Well, I'll share a story with you guys. Do it, please. So the year is uh, two thousand one, and this man, I'd never been so surprised at a show. It was the summer, and my buddies and I. It was you guys. We got tickets. Oh, to, we got tickets to see Radiohead oh. at Bull Run Park. Oh, <laughs> oh God, that, that was hilarious, dude. We both oh. had the exact same reaction to this yeah. story. Yeah, well, it, it was, but it, it's a real heartbreaker, man. Because well, we both have just indeed. we both just have excised this from our memory. Apparently, I did. not <laughs> yeah. I just dug ahead. it back up. Gonna, I just dug it back up. On it. My God. <laughs> so anyway, good times, <laughs> memory lane. Um, mm. So here's what happens. Oh, God. So so you know, we get our tickets to see Radiohead. This is like on the Kid A tour. Yeah, and so, we yes, talked about how much we love Radiohead. I mean, we're all just that, like ape, yeah. ape ass for Radiohead. Yeah, and this was like the all peak. I learned. All I learned freshman year in college is Kid A. That's yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> So we get our tickets. It's like March. We bought tickets for this so show in July. Excited. Maybe it was August. Uh, it was like the second half of summer. I think it was August. So excited. I think it was August oh, too. Man. I still remember buying the tickets. So then we get to so this venue right is like barely a venue. It's like an old Civil War field, like yeah. battlefield. It's an old Civil War battlefield, so and they're cool. just like, like setting up a stage, yeah. and Radiohead's gonna play for like. It's not that many people. It's like we, mm-hmm. I think we, you know, we hustled. We were on top of it. We were, 
you know, yeah. 18 and like not that busy, you know? <laughs> so we got, <laughs> we got tickets for this show and you guys had driven down to Maryland. You were staying at, my, you were going to stay at my house for the night. Yeah. Oh my God. That yeah. was the circumstance where I stayed at your house. That yes. Means, right. Yeah. That's where you met Austin. Yeah. Anyway, totally. uh, my brother. So the, these guys come down to my house. We take my car, my silver Toyota Echo. The mm, Echo, yep. baby. We drive down. <laughs> brand new, too. Uh, well, it wasn't brand new, but yeah. It was, you were uh, treating it like it was brand new. Yeah, well, it was. It, it had just been gifted to me. It was gifted to off. me that summer, actually. It was gifted enough, to me fair, that fair. summer. So, yeah, I yeah, get yeah. it. I'm just setting the mood. No, the, I'm for glad what's you about the, to happen I, here. Yeah, right. We were, in the, we were in the lap of luxury. Lap yeah, of, yeah. But you know what, though, dude? Like, just having that kind of freedom. Yeah, you know, yeah. Going to see. Uh, hang on a second. Can you guys hear that? Yeah. Is that it's, like it's, a it's, coyote? It, 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 no, I don't think so. I think it's like actually. A neighbor. I think it's actually some neighbor shenanigans. Sure. Mic it up. Let's just make this the third segment. <laughs> no, I think it's kind of like the the nightly like ritual like during quarantine like the kids the honest. kids like kind of get together and howl and cut this out. Them. But this is the, I think they're mourning in anticipation of the story. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So back to the story. Yes, All right. Please. I'm just gonna continue. My neighbors. It's like some kind of like nightly ritual where people they're are feeling like, bad for hooting us, and hollering. Sure. Yeah. I'm. I've already yelled at them three times to to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm recording the podcast. Anyway, it seems like it's getting louder. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. It's getting louder. <laughs> oh, oh, yep. Oh, now they're right outside my window. Damn it. Uh-huh, no, uh-huh. just kidding. Um, okay, so we get into my Toyota Echo. We go like a 30 minute drive to over to Bull Run Park in Virginia. And so amped. So amped. And uh, this whole time I've been thinking to myself, like, this is going to be a small show. Yeah. Which I was so excited about because I had been to now arena shows and club shows, mm-hmm. and the club show was so much more exciting to me. At, yeah. the, at the time, so I, more, I've kind of so I've kind of circled intimate, back now. Yeah. I've circled back to I appreciate the arena show now, but mm-hmm. you know when that's all you've had, and then you get the club show, and now we're like sort of in this mid-sized venue for yeah. at a band that we feel we should be seeing in an arena. Absolutely, right? absolutely. yeah. It felt like absolutely. it felt like we really had we really had tickets to the dance here. It was like the right show to see. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So we get there. It's an outdoor venue. Should okay. it be mentioned at this point, Greg, uh, that it was a bit overcast coming heading into I'm, the show? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I remember pulling in and yeah, thinking <laughs> like, hey, you know, um, this guy's a little gray. A little gray. It's a little, it's a little humid. Got, it's a little humid. Well, out. It's, and, I, and you know Doesn't what? Doesn't matter. Radiohead. Do, no, not coming. only that, but rain, kid A, yes. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. It's meant rain, to be. Yeah. It's meant to be. Meant hey, to be. On. Meant to be. We're 18. We'll, we'll do whatever, man. We'll, we'll do whatever. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we, 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 we were animals. We get led into the uh, field, and there's the stage, and I'm like, looking, I'm looking around, and I'm like, what is it, like, going to be like 10,000 people in here, max? Now, did we get there five hours earlier, or we did got it there just early. seem like it? We, we, weren't, we, weren't, we weren't the first, <laughs> but we got the, we, we weren't <laughs> the, It was very early. We weren't I, the I, first. It's true. But we had nothing to do. We just wanted to go and hang no. out. Yeah, yeah. You know? It was perfect. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm just saying, that's how excited we were. I'm just, just right. adding on to the story. So we're hanging out in this field, <sighs> and it's still about like two hours away from showtime, and mm-hmm. the skies opened up. Yes, they yeah. did. They opened up, and it started raining it's one of the hardest rains I've ever felt in my life, still to this day. Yeah. I, I've I've been in a few downpours in my day, gentlemen. But let me <laughs> tell you, it rained hard that night. It rained hard, it was... and it wasn't even night yet. 
I mean, like, I I still remember it being dusk, you know, Mm -hmm. and it came down so hard and so fast, so fast (laughs) that the ground didn't even have a chance to absorb it, you know, so it... If I may, let me give a slight description of the Bull Run Amphitheater. Uh, The parking area was actually on a bit of raised ground, and Mm -hmm. the actual stage was like in this bowl. You had to go yeah. down this hill. Do you guys remember this? Yes. And it was, it was like, like a this, valley. It was like would, a little valley. It was a yeah. sunken piece of ground, and that's where all the water just, just pooled, yeah. just pooled up. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's so. So the the flood came in, and yes. every all of a it sudden, very much was a flash flood. Yeah, yeah, it was a flash <laughs> flood. We went. They they advised everyone to go back to their cars. Let's wait this out. We'll see. We didn't yep. really quite understand how that it was flooding. We just knew it was raining. But they right. said, everybody go back to your cars. Like, we're going to figure this out because then we started hearing thunder, you know? So we went back to our cars. And then once it, the weather did, once the rain did kind of subside a little bit, we came back out. And I'll never forget this. There was this bouncer who worked at the 930 Club whose name was Josh. <laughs> and he was a okay. big, mean, scary guy with like piercings all over his face <laughs> and sure. tattoos everywhere. And like the biggest, uh, what are those hoops you put in your ears? I, I know yeah. exactly the guy hoops. you're yeah. talking yep. about, but yeah. Sure. Yeah. So Ear hoops. Th- this guy was legendary, though. He was like the, a bouncer at the 930 Club for a long time. And um, he was the one working that day kind of in charge of security. And so as people kind of came out of their cars and tried to get back in, he was like st- standing there in like a foot and a half of water. being like, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I don't think we can have the show safely tonight. Everyone's going to have to go home. And we were like, wait, what? Wait, We've waited all summer huh? for this. <laughs> you, know, no, you don't. This, you don't understand. No, 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 you, guys, you don't understand. No, hold on. You, They're you, here, right? You, you Radiohead's here. All their instruments are here. They're just over there. And you're telling me we're not gonna play? They're not gonna play? No. In in our minds, Radiohead is just sitting right behind the stage curtain, yeah, like waiting to go on yeah. stage. Like, Meanwhile, they're in a hotel, is... like ten miles away. <laughs> right. <laughs> but in our in our eighteen year old minds, yeah. like. Yeah, Johnny right. Greenwood's got his pick, like ready to go. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. the amps, yeah, the just amp, amps coming. Positive, we tried calling them by name. I'm sure, we did that. So, yeah, that was uh, probably one of the most surprising. And then not only that, surprise. But, yeah, but but now we were soaked. We had one pack of smokes that was now soaked <laughs> and useless. <laughs> and we were like, okay, I guess we'll just drive back to my house guess we'll and guess what home. it took like two hours to get out of that parking lot dude that was miserable yeah. i have mentally blocked yeah. that entire part it was i just it was I so remember being like knee deep in water yeah well, yeah because we went down to the stage because we're like we're gonna we're gonna see for ourselves we're not gonna take the word of this bouncer you know we're gonna go down i remember walking greg you might have stayed in the car to be quite frank i i, I remember going down there and seeing the water was almost at stage level. It was ridiculous. Oh yeah. my god! It was crazy. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they, obviously they, they made the right call. Of course, but it was oh, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it was just so. And you know what's so I, devastating? What's crazy, man? Years later, they came back, and the same thing happened. But it was at Nissan Pavilion, and the rain came down so hard they had to cancel. Well, actually, they didn't end up canceling, but it was. They played, but it was not safe. That was the that was the very next Radiohead show I tried to go to. There you go. <laughs> I had tickets to that one too, but the Possibly one that the second worst experience of my life. <laughs> but the, oh my god! But that. Ooh, but, tell us about the first. <laughs> we'll save that one for the next you just, uh, concert. You just series. heard it, actually. <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't plan on telling this story today, but when you it was something about the story, the first story that oh, I know Jay. It, you were like, 
we bought tickets you know it was a summer show yeah mm-hmm. and, yeah, yeah and that like it's so funny because that you're the way you described that who show that's how i thought this radiohead show was gonna go understandably the way you describe it after the fact uh, yeah i mean understand i mean look you're supposed to have you, you can have some standards when you pay like i mean what was the probably like 35 bucks a, t- a pop which for us was like okay you know it's not the end of the world but like we it, had downloaded and watched ad infinitum every like <laughs> there was like two snl clips of them doing and then there was like a yeah. some sort of like behind the stage something for yeah. them preparing yeah. that we got off napster somehow yeah. and i we just watched those things we so much. Could not have been more ready for that is, show. Is he going to have the switchboard? Is he going to have the switchboard? Yeah, this oh is all, my this god! Is all, this is all pre-YouTube, you know. So, Greg, yeah. that oh, yeah. that blows my. That is so hilarious. I mean, it's 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 hilarious now, but it was genuinely sad at the time, and I can tell it affected all of us because when you said it was the summer of two thousand and one, and we were all going to a show together, Nick and I both looked at each other and we're like, "What is he talking about?" Yeah, we didn't I was go like, to a Crimson show. Crimson was not in the summer. We didn't go to see Radiohead. What are you? T- Oh, oh. <laughs> I had forgotten. Yeah. About wow. That. Okay. Jeez. Well, well, jeez, Louise. Thank you, Greg. That was Surprise. that was incredible. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm going to have to save my experience seeing Radiohead at uh, Nissan Pavilion for another episode of uh, Tales from the <laughs> Concert because that was that was also. Also traumatizing. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Which is why so, I only see Radiohead indoors now. Personal yes. policy of mine, <laughs> just me. <laughs> Personal policy. No offense, guys. I would just say don't go to Virginia. Yeah. Maybe that's that's it. A, that's a great idea. Yeah, also true. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, guys, thank you so much for uh, uh, participating with uh, oh, Tales from the course. Concert. Should we hear that uh, theme song just one more time? Yes. I think we have to. Excellent. Contractually. Yeah. the foresight to have that recorded years ago before he died that's incredible yeah man well (laughs) (laughs) well anyway i thought uh for my piece i'd uh want to play a live who track this is not from 2002 this is from like 1969 this is them killing it uh live at leeds this is a young man one of my favorite who tracks of all time Well, a young man ain't got nothing in the world these days. I said a young man ain't got nothing in the world these days. You know, in the old days, when a young man was a strong man, all the people, they stepped back when a young man walked by. You know nowadays it's the old man who's got all the money. And a young man ain't got nothing in the world to say. 
rocks. Mm. I love that song. That is that's fantastic. I still mm. don't realize how like I don't understand how Pete Townsend can tr- can control like his guitar. He's standing in front of like two 100 watt high watt stacks. Mm-hmm. Like I, it just got to be ridiculous amounts of volume, and that band is just so. There's probably the monitors were just terrible, and mm-hmm. somehow they're just they're on it. I love that. Yeah. I love that recording. Yeah, he went That's he went cool. deaf after Keith Moon set fireworks off in that bass drum, right? That's right. right. In, That's in one right. ear, yeah. On the Smothers show. That's right. Oh god, that sounds horrible. <laughs> Damn it, Keith. Nick, <laughs> <laughs> oh, sir. Nick, I'm so depressed right now. No, oh. no. Why? No depression. Run. No, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> Still thinking about. It. Nick, what do you got for us this week, man? Thanks, man. <laughs> Um, so I tried this past, I appreciate it. This past Monday, um, this past Monday marked the, the 50th anniversary at Kent state. Um, the, oh. the Kent state, right. That, that, that occurred, um, which yeah, yeah, Both. very much, which was this time in the, it was 1970, uh, Nixon had been elected. There was a lot of protests from some college kids and they brought the national guard in and there were, there were some four kids that were four college kids that were killed. And the article that was written was about uh, Neil Young's Ohio, yeah. uh, which he, which he basically, it was. I think it might have been like the day, the day following, he was hanging out with Crosby, getting ready to, I don't know, yell at Stills about something. Um, <laughs> Do Crosby's a bunch of discussion. drugs and yell at Stephen Stills. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right, right. <laughs> getting a fight over who knows. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's and, my dream uh, life. And he saw, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he saw the headline in the paper and picked the guitar up and. Crosby immediately started p- figuring out his harmonies, and they wrote the whole thing in 15 minutes. Love and <laughs> yeah, and I just uh, I thought that was a pretty cool story. And also, it just kind of reminded me of the there's a lot of unrest right now or kind of pent up stuff going on. So, what are you talking about? Um, <laughs> huh? Nothing. What? Nothing. <laughs> if we could just cut back. We saying the, 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 na- the, the neighbors howling a moment ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, you just I, you wonder. I mean, is anybody going to write a another protest song like that again? Like, well, that was my other question: is what does that even sound like? Because that was in response to the protest at the time. And the funny thing is, like, you go back and you listen to some of like the Nixon tapes and stuff like that, and they were genuinely scared of like, oh, terrifying. because essentially what was going on was the college kids were were starting to side again like against the US in the war in Vietnam which right. had never happened. This was never happened. There had right. never been like a an uprising against the the US soldiers in another war. Right. Um you you got to imagine that being a horrible feeling just for the country overall regardless of which side you were on. Sure. So but it definitely extreme polarization and or, or on a topic not not a party and things just you know boiled over and they called the National Guard in the National Guard overreacted fired into you know a couple hundred rounds within the course of 15 seconds into yeah. a bunch of college kids just well you, know, you just I, you just wonder if like music if popular music could have the same effect as it did back then because that was at the the time you know late 60s where music was almost expected to have some kind of political message you know that's where that's true. A, a, and and not just that, like the, the mass of popular culture was tuned in to that particular genre of music. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it and was I a relatively that... new phenomenon. It was a yeah. relatively new phenomenon, so it was still fresh. The exactly. idea was still fresh. These days, it's almost like if you hear that, then you immediately put that into a corner that is 
relegated to, oh, they're this way, and it's not even even if it's the way that you feel, it's exactly you know, it actually, yeah. it's very different, very different than a, an emotional response. The other thing though is that I don't know if if they had called off the draft at this point. I mean, the emotions were a lot higher, right? Like the consequence of failing out of college and. and even Stephen King writes a lot about this in yeah. his generation. The consequence of failing out of college was getting sent to a war. Yeah. Um, and, and not like a war where you're behind the lines, you know, controlling drones and stuff. Like this was frontline stuff. And kids were <laughs> coming home. Yeah, it was straight mm-hmm. up. Um, I think also it was Both. it was probably a more extreme time at that at, at that time. Yeah. To, to follow on to what you were saying, Nick, would like if somebody came out with an anti I don't know <laughs> Anti anything protest song now, it would get shoehorned into oh well that's this one crazy political songwriter, you know unless it was somebody like mm-hmm. huge I can't even imagine like a, a major artist making a song like that nowadays. I don't know. You know it, the, inter- the interesting thing that? is the you know the interesting thing is that we only now glean what that was like at the time from people that loved it at the time probably. Yeah. yeah, you know, I I don't know. I mean, I I I don't know that my my grandparents would have remembered when this song came out because they probably were like, ugh, I don't want to listen to that. I don't want to hear anything about that. So it, it, the dynamic probably still existed. You, you know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it just it's 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 who ends up glorifying that time period and the struggle that was going on is not those that were lamenting the fact that it was happening in the first place. Yeah, it also strikes me as like that. That band, like, you look back now and you're like, wow, David Crosby, Stephen Stills, Graham Nash, and Neil Young. I mean, my mm-hmm. God, those are all four incredible songwriters and musicians yeah. that all mm-hmm. went on yeah. to have incredible storied careers. And there was this one brief moment in time where they were together and they were making songs that defined generation. Like, yeah. And it's just so easy to sit back from nowadays perspective and like, oh, come on, guys. Couldn't you get your S together and like put a, put together another record, you know? Mm. But that's that's the thing about those moments, you know? Like moments in time and in your life are only there for a fleeting time, you know? And if we're lucky, they'll hang on for a year or two years yeah. or, you know, like friendships mm-hmm. sometimes will hang on for multiple years, but... You got to appreciate mm-hmm. what you have when you have it because you never know when it's going to be gone. Sure. Mm-hmm. Or what it'll matter to you later on. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And those guys, yeah. they were just all kids. They didn't know. Right. And they were just mad. And it was, it was also, it was kind of a joke among, I mean, the, in the article in, the, in Rolling Stone, which is from an excerpt from a book from a few years ago, I think, they were kind of joking because Neil never wrote political songs right he was the canadian you know right, what i mean right, he didn't right. so it was kind of like neil's got this politics song it's freaking awesome but like this is this is bizarre let's do this thing yeah well, you know right. what? and then right. it ended up it, yeah go ahead greg oh just that i mean he it i feel like that is part of maybe why that case why we still talk about it today is because it just received this emotional response yeah, you know yeah. that you were mm-hmm. someone like Neil Young. I mean, that really kind of sums it up in a way. Is like someone who normally wouldn't care about politics was like, "This is effed yeah. up, too yeah. much." You know, too this much. is too much. Yeah. Like these, you know, we're talking about innocent people here. So I don't know. That's that that, that could be part of the whole, you know, yeah, uh, a, a piece of the puzzle here. I it's think just, the emotions were genuinely higher. Yeah, I really do. A special time and and God. I love that album as everyone does that album Deja Vu. I mean, oh, yeah. there's not a, there's not a bad note on that album. I mean, warts and all, it's just 
God, what a time capsule that that album yeah. is. Was that that wasn't on that album though? It was, was it? not. Well, oh gosh, I don't think it is. It I, is I, not on that album. It was a single. Was what, it was a single that yeah, was okay, released after right. that. Yeah. Oh, right. gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, same time. You're absolutely right because I think yeah. Well, um, very cool, man. And it's hard to believe yeah, it's so, 50 years. <laughs> and 50 what we'll years be talking indeed. about 50 years from now. Indeed. And speaking of the last 50 years, another another gentleman from, from years before, uh, Mr. Dylan, Mr. Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan. put out a... Uh, he put out a... He's still kicking? A song. <laughs> a, well, he, a surprise. He released a... Uh, what is this thing? 17 minutes long or something like that? <laughs> 16, Seriously, 17. Uh, something like that. It's up there. I listen to it. Look, I, I, lo- I love Bob Dylan, different time periods and like, but as kind of a poet, as much as I love him as, a, as an artist, like wrote an amazing song, but also had such a fantastic story to tell. This this song did not jump out at me as like this incredible song. The And, and then reading the lyrics and listening to it, it, I couldn't help feel like it was uh, like we didn't start the fire, but <laughs> Bob Dylan's version of it because he's... <laughs> He's making like all yeah. these references to these obscure times and and random songs jumping around and it, it it's a cool song so I I thought we could I thought we could go out on that. Since I that wonder if a, somebody could do a mashup like if you just played that like it it played his song at double speed and mm-hmm. mashed it up with we didn't start the fire see if it would fit. He's like, he's just like hey we didn't start the fire. <laughs> <laughs> the harmonica. I got Dolly Parton cruise ship, yeah. <laughs> what else do I have to say? <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. I, I, uh, I, I mean, I, what? I don't know, man. I love Bob Dylan. I don't know what to make of that song, at all. It's an experiment. I, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, don't, I, I wouldn't look too hard into it. Yeah, yeah. It, what's really funny is that my my son Ben was digging through all my crap today, and um, he found this old notebook that I had from like it's from 2012, and that was mm-hmm. when I was going through a very big Bob Dylan phase, and I wrote mm-hmm. down this long quote from Bob Dylan, which I think I'm just now realizing is relevant to the conversation at hand. Here we go. He says, you don't have time to distill ideological fallout or meanings. You just want to make sure that the feeling is there. You can create feeling out of tone, texture, phrasing, not just words. You want to make sure that there's a camaraderie between the lyric and the rhythm. That just has to be, or you wouldn't have much of a song. All of that quote-unquote profound meaning stuff, that comes later. And thankfully, that's for other people to experience. Believe me, the songwriter isn't thinking about any of those things. Wow. So, Very cool. He's not. <laughs> Afraid not. Afraid I not. Think, I think I think he might be a little bit, but yeah. I am pretty sure he is. <laughs> well, well, great episode, gentlemen. As thank always, thank you, you thank all you. so much. Been a lot of fun. And um, yeah. uh, what are we all doing this week? Hmm. Before we mm-hmm. before we roll out, uh, got any this big week? shows coming up? Yeah, yeah. I've got a, a whole bunch of shows, you know, on my. Um, no, 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 no shows. Neighbors, seven thirty p.m. every <laughs> Although, night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yo, but uh, oh. just a sidebar. Uh, going back to last week's show, I, I did. You guys see like Missouri like started concerts on like today or Monday of this week? No. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'll, Missouri. Anyway, huh? Missouri. Yeah, Missouri. <laughs> okay. All um, right. So you know, I mean, just like <sighs> just a update. Yeah, I mean, I. There's obviously mixed feelings about that, but yeah. 
it's just a. I hope everybody's it's, it's, it's okay. A, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> I, I hope uh, I hope they don't regret it afterwards. That's I hope, all. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. And go to um, your concerts indoors. Yeah, this Sorry. week this, this week's pretty. Chill. It'll be chill, just like the others. You know. Yep. Doing yep. doing some work, doing some work, a little bit of work every day. Some yeah, you know, just staying sane. Excellent. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, gents. Stay safe. Thank stay you. happy. You too. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Peace. Peace. It was a dark day in Dallas, November 63. A day that will live on in infamy. President Kennedy was a right line. Good day to be living and a good day to die. He led to the slaughter like a sacrificial lamb. He said, wait a minute, boys, you know who I am. Of course we do, we know who you are Then they blew off his head while he was still in the car Shot down like a dog in broad daylight Was a matter of timing and the timing was right You got unpaid debts, we've come to collect We're gonna kill you with hatred without any respect We'll mock you and shock you, and we'll put it in your face. We've already got someone here to take your place. The day they blew out the brains of the king. Thousands were watching.